business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. everybody i'm sure you're wondering what in the hell i am doing here on a monday night it is hollywood hangout i am david richardson and again you're probably wondering what the fuck is this guy doing here on a monday talking movies well saturday night when i uh i had some uh, family dinner and uh the restaurant we went to Holy shit, was there a wait. We got there at 6. We didn't get seated until almost 8. And then the meal took forever to get there. I didn't get home till almost 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I didn't want to start a show. Uh, so I didn't do it Saturday. Sunday, I got to admit, I don't have much of an excuse except my kids wanted to go fishing. I am not the type of man who says no when his children want to go fishing. Um, to be honest, I'm not the type of guy who says no to fishing at all. I love fishing. So <laughs> my kids wanted to go fishing. So uh, we took the day and went fishing yesterday. But I did want to do it, uh, at least get this movie Rollerball done. I had said I was going to do it. and doing the Rollerball from 2002. I did want to get this movie going and done because um, I got to be, <laughs> and I know I'm going up with Raw here. And uh, I know, man, I didn't want to, we didn't want to wait two hours either, but luckily my nephew put his name in early. Okay. I showed up right on time, which I have a habit of doing. Um, 
my parents showed up late. My sister and her husband showed up later. So it really turned out to be better that everybody was late because my sister and her husband were an hour late. So didn't turn out that bad. So it was a long wait. And uh, this is one hell. Oh, man, I didn't know I was going up against cheese on sports. Well, you guys are welcome to go listen to that. You guys can download this show. I'm not, I'm not trying to fuck with anybody here. I'm trying to get this shit done. Because I got to be honest, I'm not sure if I'm going to go um, up against uh, WrestleMania this weekend on Saturday. And then I got Sunday. I'm, I'm really not sure I'm going to do that. So I might go on late and do a, another music episode like I did last week, which I had an absolute blast. That was one of the most fun shows I've ever done by myself. Um, honestly, besides the Norm MacDonald episode, that show should not have been as fun as it was, but I had a great time tributing Norm MacDonald that night. That was, uh, that was really fun. But uh, that music show was really fun, and I, I, um, I really had a good time just kind of telling some stories um, about kind of where those songs took me. And I thought that was a good time. Uh, once again, I hope you guys kind of, I uh, had a good time listening to that. I might just go late and do that. Cause maybe I'll drink a few, come on in here a little, a little drunk. Maybe I'll pick a genre by uh, a year, a decade of music and, uh, do that. I don't know. Maybe I'll do, uh, I could do eighties glam. I could do, uh, anything. <laughs> Dirk saying, note, note to self, learn to fight. <laughs> Everyone should, Dirk. Everyone should learn. It's not a bad thing to take some martial arts in your uh, in in your career. Chris Rock maybe should have taken a little bit of martial arts, but that was kind of a sucker punch. That was a sucker punch. Yes, I did see the punch heard around the world, I guess, since we're talking about movies. I did not watch the Oscars, but uh, I did see the slap by Will Smith. Um, to Chris Rock. I'm a big Chris Rock fan. Honestly, I like Chris Rock better than I do Will Smith. Will Smith, don't get me wrong, I like his movies. Uh, many of his movies are very good. I, I, I like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and I actually think Will Smith is a good actor. I'm just not like this gigantic Will Smith fan. If you had me pick uh, who's you know the, who's the better actor, in my opinion, I, I'm going to go with Chris Rock. And I know that's crazy, but I know Will Smith has had all these dramatic roles. Yeah, well, anyway, um, I, I was about to just say, yeah, well, he can overact as good as Jim Carrey. Yippee fucking skippy. But uh, anyway, um, I think Will Smith um, was out of line. I think Chris Rock handled it well. Uh, he even said, ooh, I could, mm, mm, mm. I think I know where he was going with those jokes. I think it had to do with... Uh, I don't know, maybe something like, dude, your wife's probably going home with some other guy anyway. Isn't it August? Something like that. That could have been many jokes there that he could have told. And he didn't. He he he, he bit his lip. Now, I see some people saying it's a work. Whatever. I know Chris Rock has not a, a, a show or an album coming out. If y'all hear something weird out there, my son is flying his drone in the house because the other day he took his drone outside, brand new, and lost it. So we got neighbors looking for it, but right now it's lost. But anyway, um, so kind of forgot where I was, but that's fine. I was actually done with that. Oh, the Chris Rock and uh, Will Smith thing. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it was um, handled well by Chris Rock, not so well by uh, 
Will Smith and the outburst afterwards was a little uncalled for. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, you could have heard a pin drop in that place. I don't think he needed to yell, really. He probably could have whispered that, and uh, you might have heard that over the microphone. That was that was pretty crazy. And you're right, Dirk. Will was laughing. It's on video. He's laughing. And I don't know if she gave him the old uh, the old cuck eyes or what, but, uh, you know, it... Uh, he just walked up there, which, I mean, I know these are all famous actors, but I'm sorry if you're not supposed to be on stage. Where the fuck is security? I mean, really, if you're not supposed to be on stage, you're not supposed to be on stage. I would figure, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it was real. I don't know if it was fake. I got to be really honest with you. I don't care. I really don't care. But if it was fake, this is just kind of almost promoting violence to i mean if it's fake it's promoting violence to promote yourself and i think that's pretty fucked up i don't promote violence i i i, I do watch simulated violence and uh mutual combat with ufc but that doesn't mean i'm a violent person not at all um so anyway but um like i said i think will smith was definitely out of line i think chris rock handled himself very well um, I know there's been all the, I, I, I swear it's all that's been on social media today is that, um, it's a little crazy, but, uh, there you go. Dirk says, uh, yes, he did get a look. Um, my dog is crying to get in this room, um, because my son is using the drone. So let me tell you what, let's go ahead and, um, okay. The drone stopped. And my dog will eventually just lay down. His, he's got a bed right around, right across the hall, so he's fine. All right, so let's go ahead and do this. Um, once again, I'm going to go ahead and start, just kind of get right into this movie. Um, I think I'm going to have to really quickly, like this is going to be like three seconds of me letting my dog in here. Tell you what, I can play a song real quick while I'm doing it. I'm not even going to stop the record. Uh... Uh, here we'll play a little zz top real quick while i go do this i'll be back in one second folks let me let my dog in here drone scaring the shit out of him hold on All right, right as I was getting up, my son was coming in here anyway to let the dog in here. Good job, kiddo. Good job. Anyway, he said, Scooter's scared of my drone. Anyway, I think that's probably enough of uh, everything right there. I think we can go ahead and uh, go <laughs> and go ahead and get into uh, get into this movie. Um, let's start off with, once again, the movie we are doing is Rollerball. Uh, I'm doing the 2002 version. Now, this is a remake of a movie from 1975 starring James Caan. Uh, John Houseman, if you don't know who John Houseman is, if you've ever seen Scrooged, he's the guy reading the uh, Christmas story there. And um, that's basically where you would know him from. That's pretty much the the, the, the main thing you might know that man from. Um, but uh, there are many more people in this movie, obviously. But uh, I've seen the 1975 version. 
I prefer the 2002 version, to be honest with you guys. And I picked it because there's a few little wrestling connections in this movie. Um, now, once again, Rollerball 2002. It is a John McTiernan movie. Uh, now, John McTiernan is actually known for some really, really... I mean, these are movies everybody here has heard of. Um, we got Predator. We got Die Hard. The Hunt for Red October. Medicine Man. Last Action Hero. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Thomas Crown Affair. Basic. Oh, it's another one of my favorite movies with Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta. Um, so those are just some of the movies right there. Just that; Those are just his directing credits. Um, he produced a f- of some of those movies also. Um, but uh, definitely some very, very known movies this guy has been involved with and directed. Um, I mean, Predator from 1987, obviously a classic. Die Hard. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's in the fucking intro, folks. Um, Last Action Hero, I believe me and Anthony reviewed that movie. Die Hard with a Vengeance, in my opinion. Probably the best of the Die Hards. I think Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Bruce Willis worked very well together in that movie. Um, I, I really think that's probably the best of the diehards and, uh, basic another movie. He picked Samuel L. Jackson for the, for definitely the, uh, the lead role. Um, it was Samuel L. Jackson and, uh, John Travolta. And I think Diane Lane is in that movie. I believe that's Diane Lane. So, um, but yeah, definitely some, uh, really good movies. This guy has been involved with now this movie um, is starring Chris Klein. Uh, Chris Klein, we all know as Oz from American Pie. Um, he was in uh, he was in the movie Election, which I believe is on Hulu right now. But he's done more. He was in We Were Soldiers. Uh, he was in Just Friends. He definitely done a lot of things. Right currently, he's in Sweet Magnolias. Um, my wife has started watching this show. I will not be. Luckily, I can leave the house when I need to and um, or move rooms, which is what I do mostly. But uh, she did start watching the show. She enjoys it. She said it's a really good show. It's very girly. I don't need to even tell you guys what it's all about. Uh, Gene Reno. Gene Reno is also in this movie. This guy, my God, known for, I mean, most known probably for uh, Leon the Professional. Excellent, excellent movie. Um, he was in Ronin, the Pink Panther. And the list goes on. There's 109 credits um, to his name. He's right now starring in something or about to be starring in something called A Private Affair. It's in post-production. It's supposed to be coming out this year. It's a TV series. Um, so got him in it. Um, might know him. He was also in uh, Godzilla. He was in the one with uh, Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick, obviously, from um, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, excuse me. My brain's not working today. I might have drank a few too many last night. My daughter didn't want to sleep. Anyway, um, but yeah, been in so many movies, Gene Reno, but uh, just some, just, just an, an incredible actor. And someone I think is a better actor than a musician. I'm talking about uh, uh, LL Cool J. I saw him in concert once and... Uh, when I finally saw him acting, I believe The Toy was the first movie I saw him acting in, and I was like, oh, good, he could use a new career. Um, 
just not a very good voice <laughs> live. It was not good. It was just not not good. Um, but he's been in a ton of movies, uh, and he's right now in the TV series NCIS Los Angeles. So, but uh, he's been in so many movies. He's in Grudge Match with Stallone and De Niro. Um, but uh, he's been in a ton of movies. SWAT, I think that's one of the movies I see him in most. But he is Marcus Ridley in this movie. He's basically Chris Klein's best friend uh, in this movie. So we're going to be talking a little bit about him. And we get to see him right in the beginning of the movie. Rebecca Romaine, at the time of this movie, she was Rebecca Romaine Stamos. That's right. She was married to John Stamos at that time. Um, she's been in a, a, in a few movies. <laughs> Obviously, I'm being a little sarcastic here. If you've ever seen X-Men, she's Mystique. So if you've ever seen an X-Men movie, you know who she is. Um, but yeah, she was married to uh, John Stamos from Full House and uh, General Hospital. You might know him from there. But uh, she's done some TV movies and other things. Uh, nothing huge, I got to be honest with you. But after the X-Men stuff, it's really just kind of a few things here and there. But who who cares? She's doing just fine, I guarantee it. And um, so she is in this movie. We also get Naveen Andrews, uh, known for Planet Terror. He was in the show Lost. He was Saeed Jara in Lost. And uh, he is also in this movie. Um, hasn't done a ton. He really only has 35 credits to his name. But um, in this movie, he plays Sanjay. He's the kind of the evil sidekick of Jean Reno, who plays the villain in this movie. Um, and you got a few players that uh, we're going to get into. A couple of players that, that I recognize from a few movies here and there. Um, a movie like Predators and 15 Minutes with um, Robert De Niro. I recognized a guy named Oleg Taktorov. Taktorov. Yeah, try to say that. Um, like I said, known for those few movies, definitely seen him in more than that. The guy's got 73 credits to his name. He's actually in uh, a mini series right now. He plays a guy named, a uh, gentleman named Vlad. The series is called Technar. So don't know where that one's out of, but um, he was in the 2020 Predators movie. And like I said, he's, he was in the uh, movie 15 Minutes, crazy little movie with De Niro. <clears throat> If you haven't seen that, definitely a one worth checking out. And one we've talked about before, Andrew Braniarski. We've talked about him. He was in Street Fighter. He was in Hudson Hawk. He was in Any Given Sunday. Uh, he was Patrick Madman Kelly in that movie. Pretty much if there's a football movie, this guy has found a way into it. Uh, he was in the program. Um, he's been in a ton of movies. And uh, mostly football movies. But uh, started doing a little more than football movies a little bit later in the later 2000s. But really, when you go into the early 90s, this guy was in many movies. He was also in Batman Returns. Um, but he was in the program. He was in uh, Higher Learning. He was also not going to Higher Learning, one of the, uh, one of the Nazi dudes. And... Um, and like any given Sunday, I forgot he was in Pearl Harbor. He was the boxer in the, one of the beginning scenes there. 
And he was even in Scooby-Doo. He was one of the henchmen in the caverns. But uh, done a ton of stuff, this guy. We've definitely talked about him before. He is a hulking, hulking man. Um, just a giant. Still a huge, huge man. And um, still doing stuff right now. Something called Chuck Hank and the San Diego Twins. Don't know what that's about, but it's in post-production, folks. Now, I said there were a few little wrestling tie-ins in this movie. And there are. Oh, yes, there are. First of all, one of the announcers for the Eng- the announcer for the English side, we have Paul Heyman playing an announcer in this movie. Obviously, we all know Paul Heyman uh, from the ECW days. And right now he is, you know, doing great with Roman Reigns on SmackDown. So Paul Heyman is in this movie somehow. Also Shane McMahon made it in this movie. He does not have any lines, but there's a part which we'll get to where uh, where uh, there's some arguing going on and Shane McMahon turns around like he's about to lay the smacketh down on somebody if he has to. And I got to tell you, this is one I honestly did not know about. When I was uh, watching this movie, going through some of the actors, I'm like, oh, this name looks familiar. Could this actually be who I think it is? Well, it is. It is. Scott Taylor. That's right. Scotty to Hottie plays a bodyguard in this movie. I got to tell you, I've never noticed it. I've never even thought about it. But here I here I am watching, you know, watching the other day after I knew this and I finally figured out where he is. He's just he's kind of in the same scene with Shane. Uh, to be honest with you, but um, just a weird little thing that uh, he was in it, and I never knew. But yeah, Scott Taylor, Scotty Too Hottie, is also in this movie, so definitely a few little wrestling connections in this movie. Now, I guess the biggest, one of the biggest wrestling connections in this movie is they reference this, even Paul Heyman references it at, at one point, this game as sports entertainment. Basically, this uh, movie is, um, I'll give you kind of a quick breakdown, and then we'll kind of start getting right into the movie. Basically, you got uh, Chris Klein playing Jonathan Cross, and he's this kind of thrill-seeking guy, you know, does all these crazy adrenaline-seeking things, and that's basically what he's doing right in the beginning of the movie. And we get him. He's... uh, kind of struggling around how the cops are looking for him. So basically he goes over to this other country with LL Cool J and they do this game, which is basically like roller derby on steroids. Don't worry. I will have Paul Heyman tell us all the rules to the game when we get to it. Um, So don't worry about that. Now, once again, but they do reference this as sports entertainment, which obviously WWE references as so there was definitely, though, a kind of uh, big sports entertainment thing. And like I said, it was kind of fitting. They had some wrestlers, you know, in this movie and uh, just kind of, you know, either joining the cast or however they were in this movie and Shane McMahon. Um, now, if you watch this movie, you'll kind of get Chris Klein with a little bit of a Keanu Reeves vibe. There's a reason for that. This role was actually originally intended and pretty much written for Keanu Reeves. 
Um, but I guess they decided to get this guy instead. Um, if you, I mean, from the hair, the way he acts, pretty much everything is a little Keanu like. So there you go. Now, this was Chris Klein's first action film. Hasn't done very many since this. He kind of got stuck in that American Pie, you know, kind of pretty boy thing. But um, when they couldn't get Keanu, actually, uh, Nicolas Cage actually was offered this role. And this movie would really not have been the same movie had Nicolas Cage taken this role. It would not have been good. Not have been good at all. So I'm at least glad Chris Klein got this. Now, you're not going to sit here and or hear me sit here and say how amazing this movie was. Oh, great movie. Awesome movie. No, 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 no. This is a fun movie. All right. It's just a fun little movie. Um, the movie came out in 2002, yet takes place in the future of 2005. So that's a weird one right there. But um, it, it's not. It's it's just a fun movie. That's exactly what it is. So, you know, it, it, if you're just looking to kind of have that mindless, oh, I can watch this stupid movie. I'm, it doesn't have a ton of explosions in it. It's got a couple of them. But uh, definitely... A decent movie, but if you like action movies, it's definitely a good one to watch. There's some good stuff in there, some good motorcycle riding. And like I said, if you liked roller derby, this movie is definitely one that you can uh, go ahead and check out. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you how amazing this movie was. But um, definitely a fun movie. But I mean, even LL Cool J admitted on uh, Late Night with Conan that the film sucked, but it was his duty to promote it. And he did. So he did what he had to do. Um, so there you go. Now, um, I guess we can go ahead and get right into the movie. That's pretty much all the trivia or did you knows for this movie because there really wasn't a lot and all of them really just had a tie-in. There was really no tie-ins for it. So now this movie wasn't exactly a box office smash mm, this movie lost a lot of money matter of fact the budget was 70 million this movie only pulled in 25.9 million it really did not live up to the hype now if i remember correctly i think actually wwe was promoting this movie a little bit um and with some of the cameo appearances in this movie you had uh, like I said, we had the you know we had Paul Heyman in this movie. We had Shane McMahon. They had Slipknot. Um, Pink had a, a a place in this movie. A uh, band called Hard Knocks is right in the beginning of this movie, and you would think with all of that together, this movie would have done a little bit better, but it really didn't. It it really just didn't do as well as it should have. Uh, Maybe not as it should have. This movie just didn't do fucking well at all. It just did not. Obviously, it kind of tanked in the theaters. But again, I'm not saying this was a great movie. I'm just saying it's a good, fun movie to watch. And uh, I guess we can go ahead and just dive right into this movie. We've kind of gone through everything we need to with the actors and everything. And um starts off with Chris Klein. He's kind of up there. He's on a hill. It looks like it takes place in San Francisco is what I where I would guess. There's a lot of hills. It kind of looks like looks like they're going down the same road as like 48 hours or something. Um, I watched that the other night. But uh, 
So basically, that's kind of what's happening right there. Um, they go down the hill, or basically, uh, he's being, it's a bet. He's racing a street luge, is what he's doing. Remember I said he was this kind of adrenaline junkie, thrill seeker. So we see him going down, and kind of, if you watch the beginning, it looks like it's just so a bunch of rich people can take pictures of him, of them doing really cool things. I don't know, but... There was a bet involved, of course, and um, that was going. Now, they're going down these huge hills. They're jumping these huge hills on these street loose. Kind of a cool sight to see. Um, and he's racing this guy. They almost get into an accident. This guy throws him off, um, almost throws Chris Klein off of his luge. And Chris Klein ends up putting this guy through a window, and the cops are after both of them. As the cops are after him, there really was no reason playing any of that because it's very visual and there's no reason for it. Now, as the cops are after him, a black Porsche 911 Carrera pulls up. Not trying to brag here, but I did have one of these for two years. I did have a Porsche 911 Carrera. Same color, same interior. Black, tan interior. Had the same exact car for a couple of years. Uh, they're not all they're cracked up to be. Let me just say that. Anyway, um... He sees his friend and his friend Ridley, LL Cool J, goes and pulls him into the car, and we get a little conversation with them. Let's go ahead. First clip. Boom. Conversation. Marcus Ridley, how the hell are you doing? I'm good. How I'm long good. have you been back, bro? Three weeks. Spending with my kids. I miss them when I'm over there. I'll bet. Well, why don't you bring them back? <laughs> Looks like you can afford it. Look at all these baubles. So what happened, man? What's going on? Still trying to kill yourself. Something like that. What happened to playing pro? I thought you got picked for the miners last fall. Yeah. Well, that didn't quite work out. You know, coach wanted me to play D. Now, if you're wondering what the pro sport, by the way he skates on the rollerblades, I'm assuming it was hockey. Just assuming it was hockey. Anyway, continuing. Do hit him. <laughs> Should have. Wasting your life. I just haven't gotten the break I need. You know, NHL tryouts are in three months. Hockey, yes. John, the break you need is right here. They'll cover your travel, give you a 5K bonus just for showing up, and if you make the team, pow. Uh, come on, Red. That's a circus, not a sport. It's pretty sunset, though. It's the mines. What is? The dust from the mines that makes the sunset red. Look, come on. We both know cash is king. I last two more years, I have enough to retire. Support my family for life. They love Americans over there, especially baby-faced boy-next-door types like you. It'll be just like high school, you run our block. Besides, it's a place where even a doofus-ass white boy like you can get laid. Is <laughs> that right? That's right. Uh, appreciate the offer, but I should stick around, you know? It's my year to make pro. I tried. Luck with that. My flight leaves at 9 p.m. tonight in case you change your mind. Hey. Thanks for saving my ass today. Anytime. All right, so there's your first scene right there. Kind of, kind of the first scene. First clip. There was your first clip right there. How's that one? Um, so there you go right there. Now, obviously, you can see you got Ridley really trying to sell him on this place. You know, you got to come over here. It is, I, I, I should have looked up. 
exactly what country that was from. Matter of fact, if you get, I'm not sure what country they're in. It seems like a country over in Russia or something. It's got that kind of writing. Um, I'm not 100% sure where they went over to, but they do end up in Russia a couple times. That I do know. So, um, so right after that, after Ridley is selling him on this, we get uh, Chris Klein. He walks over. He's looking at his house. There's cops all over it because, once again, the cops are after him. I guess they figured out who it was. Now they got his picture. So they're after him. He sits there, and he's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, what else do you do? You take old Ridley up on his offer. So, boom. They go over. We see Hard Knocks. We start getting, at this point, this is where we start getting our uh, opening credits with Hard Knocks playing in the background. I can give you all a little Hard Knocks. Here we go. Okay, this first scene takes place in Central Asia. This is four months later. Okay, so we're going to four months later now. Once again, we got everything going now. One of their biggest stars turns out to be Jonathan Cross. But before that, let's hear a little Paul Heyman. All right, we're going to have some little more music going. Obviously, I'm not doing this one on YouTube. Here we go. What? What's the matter? It's Sunday. The mines are out. Oh, shit. Paul Heyman's late. He's running through. The mines are out. People are going crazy. It's a little, it, it's a, it, a mining country. And um, that's basically all the guys. They come there and they bet on the rollerball. It's what they do. Um, but now this show is like any other TV show. It's all about ratings. It's all about this. It's all about that. Uh, but ratings are what this show is really about. And I'm going to actually get into that a little bit. So, But let's get into the man, the myth, the legend, the Paul Heyman. We're going to start with a little bit of Paul Heyman right here. One second. I don't understand a word you're saying to me, sweetheart. So maybe if you say it louder, I will understand you even better. Hey, I get it. Your nipples get hard at the very sight of me, right? I knew bio on the kid. Now he's a rodeo champion. Okay. So a new bio on the kid. So it's one of those sports where they just lie about everything and tell you, oh, they're from this. He's a rodeo champion. He did this and he did that. And it's pretty much all bullshit, but no one cares in this little movie right here. Um, but one of the biggest, I mean, they put up a chant on the board for this kid. And, you know, he comes out to, you know, sparks. And it looks like Goldberg's coming down on friggin' rollerblades. But uh, the crowd is chanting his name, Jonathan. Um, you know what? Here you go. I played the wrong little part of the clip. But anyway, we're going to get Paul Heyman first, I believe. Oh, nope, here comes. Their crowd's chanting his name. 
waiting, he says. So there you go. The crowd chanting his name. He comes out. He has a flip. He's. It, it's definitely the epitome of sports entertainment, but the crowd absolutely loves him. They're cheering for him. He really did, in that little bit of time, become one of the like biggest guys in the world. But it this does remind you of wrestling. They've got all the other sports announcers here speaking other languages, doing announcing. Um, it really does remind you of watching, you know, kind of any other sort of pay-per-view or something like that. I mean, listen. Hailing from the wide open plains of Texas, a former rodeo champion and the first round draft pick by the prestigious National Hockey League back in the States. Considered the next Wayne Gretzky, he turned down a king's ransom for the NHL to play here in a real man's league. The Red Horseman's sure bet for Rookie of the Year, who kills his double each morning with a Wilkinson Sword Triflex. Here he is, your very own Jonathan There you go. Now, just so you guys know, this is, remember, this is right after... This was 2002 when this movie came out. So this was probably 2001. Paul was probably dealing with the whole ECW thing as this was being filmed. Um, if you really think about it, that's probably what was going down. Um, so, but it was still long hair hat, Paul Heyman. You know, it wasn't uh, short hair, but it was still long hair, Paul Heyman in this movie. But Heyman's always great. We know that. And he is great. And uh, I'm going to get to him reading the rules. Let me get to that part real quick. Uh, but we see the whole team here. And the first question LL Cool J asks Chris Klein, though, before this, or Jonathan Cross, is if he has his armadillo on, which is a, uh, a spine protector. And he says no. Uh, and he basically asks him, well, you, know, you want to be fucking crippled? Um, basically, here we go. You are his boy. Looks like Alexi's got himself some hot investors. Vodka! Vodka! Ha <laughs> ha! Hey! You got your armadillo on? Jesus, you're an idiot. Search! Damier protector, armadillo. Idiot. <laughs> you want to be a paraplegic? You have any idea what those guys out there can do to your spine? Gotta catch me first, Grid. <laughs> right. It's your face. Yes, mother. Well, at least. All right. So there we go. <coughs> All right. Now, first we see Toba here. Toba is a big guy. They call him a 400 pounder. And he, well, let me just play it. He's a little mentally challenged, but he's on their team. And he's just kind of that lovable guy. Here we go. A big roar now. Let's hear it. Let's go. Roar. Great roar, Toba. And you hang tight up there tonight, okay? You too, Jonathan. All right. Salut. Je suis nouveau. All right. Now, we had to bring up Toba because something's going to happen here that's going to uh, change everything. So there we go. But anyway, um, we hear they're having a little team meeting. Uh, they're kind of telling Jonathan Cross need to pass it. And here we go. Let's get the rules to this bad boy. And the horseman, hope it's spelled payback. Vengeance. A team must go around the track twice, maintaining possession of the roller ball before they can score. It's really that simple. 
as simple as using a lifestyle premium condom before sex. Uh, see the look on Paul Heyman's face. The ball must be held at all times. Player gear may be only used to dislodge the ball or prevent a score. A team gaining possession must first do the rabbit hole. That's that killer tunnel above each bench. Then make one circuit through enemy territory, and then they are eligible to score. All you really have to know is there's only one way to score. And that's when a player takes one of the balls, wings it, and one of the iron goals hard enough to set off the pyro. As for the rest of the rules, well, the rest of the rules are Russian and complicated, and we have luck. What's it gonna be, So there we go. Paul Heyman being the best Paul Heyman he can be, as he always is. So we got that down right there. Um, and the game starts. And once again, it's like uh, roller derby on steroids. But, you know, they've got motorcycles on the track here. They've got... Um, you know, you, you can carry like like almost like metal across sticks to carry this big metal ball that's rolling around. And uh, the game is going. Now, remember I said this is about ratings. They're, the whole time they're looking at the ratings a little bit. And, uh, you know, Jonathan Cross gets a quick score in the game. But they're looking at the ratings. They're seeing their ratings are kind of staying where they are. Um. So we go a little more. We go a little more. There's some, you know, action going on. There's some pretty, like I said, there's pretty, there's some cool shit going on in this movie. But, um, you know, they're rolling and jumping around and we get to, like I said, some motorcycles on the track and all that. It's pretty cool doing, seeing the jumps with the motorcycles. Um, but basically, like I said, this is where they're starting to look now, Gene Reno is obviously trying to turn this into a, like, Las Vegas, this little mining town they're in. So he wants this to become bigger, okay? Um, but as they're going right now, there's a little fight on the field. One of the uh, other team grabs one of the girls' asses. But let's get a little idea just kind of how Gene Reno is thinking. I mean, the media trailer out back, you know? We even had a computer to build a city around it, you know? Poof. <laughs> and it becomes Vegas. <laughs> so there you go. He's thinking Vegas. Um, you know, wants to turn this whole thing into just keep betting, keep gambling, keep doing everything you can to because casinos make great money. And uh, we get a fight down there. One of the girls starts beating the guy who grabbed her ass. And here we go, Paul Heyman, once again being Paul Heyman. What was she thinking? We had a fox in the box. A fox in the box. They put that fox in the box. Paul Heyman's up there smoking a joint. Just just to throw that one out there. Um, Now, as you're seeing these players, the reason... Not the main reason, but uh, one of the reasons they're wearing masks and makeup is because um, the director used a lot of the players in on other teams, and they just hit them behind masks and makeup. So that's one of the reasons he was saving some money. Really, I want to save some more money on this movie after the box office. 
But uh, you get Gene Reno here talking about, oh, the integrity of the game. The game must never be corrupt and this and that. He's talking to a, one of the investors. But you've got Sanjay. Sanjay's back here with a little... He's kind of, you know, he's got the cameraman looking at him. And they're like, he's like, no, not yet, not yet. But, um, you know, so you know something's about to happen. And... What happens is uh, Rebecca Romaine, she's known as the Black Widow in this movie, um, when she's you know on the field, but uh, she's going and she scores, and suddenly, like I said, the ratings are getting low, and suddenly we see Toba. Toba's kind of fumbling around a little bit, and I guess you know what? I'll just go ahead and play it. He gets. I'm just going to tell you what happens when they scream. The rollerball literally breaks on his face. So here we go. So Toba's helmet comes off and all these people are coming at him. The whole other team is coming at him. And here we go. Okay, so we see Toba's hurt. He's hurt bad. He's screaming in pain. I'm not going to play that. But he is absolutely screaming in pain. Everyone is sort of looking worried, obviously. But as they're looking at their ratings, they are going up. They're going up from 15 to 16. Then they get and they start the replay later. So really all it shows is the damage being done. Um, you can see what they're doing here. They're man manipulating everything to make it seem more violent. Um, and even the guys running the production truck are kind of looking around like, we don't like this already. Uh, we know what's going on. But the ratings are going up. They're going to 18. They're going up to 20. Um, eventually they get up to th in their 30s, but the ratings keep going up and up and up. And after this... It gets a little crazy. John Jonathan gets a little pissed. And he comes up and he hits the window and the music starts. And uh, here we go. Let's play a little bit of this. Jonathan Cross is pissed off, folks. Little hard knocks here. So he's skating around, music's playing, Paul Heyman's looking around, he knows what's up, he knows what's going on, and um, basically he knows Jonathan's going in there to fucking score and take this game over. So actually, here we go, we'll play a little bit of that. What the hell is wrong with the officials? I mean, the band can short smell it, the audience can feel it coming, Cross is going over the top! So there we go. And that is exactly what he's doing. He's going up, he's going over the top, and cross. They take this fucking team out. They beat the shit out of this team, is what they do. Even the band is sitting over there like, oof, this is getting rough. But they fuck these dudes up. They fuck up any all these guys. And they do, of course, win. Uh, win the game 
and they're kind of they're they're celebrating afterwards. And the ratings are all the way up to even 38. Wow, imagine doing a 38. My God, people would kill for that at this point. Um, but the ratings go all the way up to 38. So obviously they're on to something here with people getting hurt. So we definitely got that figured out. The corruption that uh, he just said would not happen in the game is already happening. It was already planned to happen. So we get them after. Um, and this just kind of <laughs> how the media works over there. This is uh this is a funny part right here. I'm gonna just play it in just a second here. Yes, if it's true, your mother is a crack whore. You actually translated that. My mother's a pediatrician. She says, Yes, it's true. So isn't it amazing how the how the media works, especially over in other countries, but they definitely go, they're all sitting there, they're in the locker room. Some titties we get to see. Um, they're all sharing a locker room. So, you know, it's just kind of everybody out there. And um, <laughs> I guess we can play. We don't need to play rabbit. But one of the new guys tried to meet Rebecca Romaine and she ain't having it. She's really known as a very tough woman, uh, a tough chick. And uh, she has a giant scar on her face, which they talk about at one point. But it's... Uh, you know, it is what it is. So as they're going, though, Chris Klein, as they're in the locker room, sees Denny, who was Oleg, who we talked about, over there speaking to someone. And he sees the helmet in his hand, which is Toba's helmet. Um, but here we go. I'm going to play a little bit of this. This just kind of uh, tells you a little bit of why, about kind of like how they are. They kind of know what's going on already. But uh, let's see what let's do this. It'll get quieter in a second. Yes, you did. Hey, hey, you get off. Come on. All right, so they got cars. They've got money. These guys are getting paid a lot of money. It's the stars that are getting paid a lot of money, and they're, they, they've got bodyguards chasing them down. Um, so there we go. They go They go to the club from this point. Um and I actually, yeah, I did kind of play the wrong clip. But they go to the club and, um, you know, they're going in. There's a shooting right as they walk into the club. So, but as they're going into the club, I'll play a little bit of the club scene. Why not? God, honey's at four o'clock. Yes, lady, Sir Ridley's in the house. American horses, right? Absolutely, and hung like one. We don't speak much. That's the way I dig it, yo. You don't speak much. The way I dig it, yo. Kid, you ever tried to get laid with an accounting degree? <laughs> so, obviously, we know, we know what LL Cool J is doing. Um, one of the teammates calls Jonathan over, and... What they do is they tattoo under their left eye their number when they're like official and they get their number tattooed on their face. Um, and, you know, basically those two guys were like, no, I don't really want a number tattooed on my face. So this is what they do, though, when they are official and they're on a team and they just want to keep rolling with it. So there you go. 
they talk about that a little bit. Then we get Denny over there, and Denny's a little a little wired up. He's talking to one of his mind friends and asking him why he's disrespecting him by trying to pay this and that. I can go ahead and do this. Why do you show me disrespect? You work 24 hours in the mines and it pays you nothing, right? I brought you in here and you try to pay. All right, my gypsy brother. Have a drink. Little wound tonight, Denny? What happened could have happened to any of us. It's just, it's very bad shit, man. It's a rough game, that's why we get paid, you know? You make it hundred times what I do. What's up, Denny? What if it wasn't an accident? What are you talking about? Watch out! Show him. He's handing him the helmet, Toba's helmet at this point. So here we go. Where'd you get this? The chin strap has been cut on the helmet. And Denny says, I found it at the trainer's office. Um, and what does Chris Klein say? Jonathan says, we got to go tell Petrovich about this, who is the, obviously, Gene Reno's character, Petrovich. And Hello Cool J is like, I don't think we should bother him with this. We'll deal with this on the track. Of course, Chris Klein decides to go up there anyway. Um, and it's a crazy club. I mean, literally all you're seeing is just, it's a crazy little VIP club with just women with their tits hanging out, sitting around like nothing. It's great. Wish I was there, but, uh, he's sitting there and Petrovich introduces, you know, Jonathan to all these people and all these men, um, you know, high powered people that are investors and uh, just all these people that are going on out there. It's just kind of a who's who of investors. And uh, he goes and talks to him about the helmet. Now, here we go. The chin strap's been cut. Well, did you get this? Doesn't matter. No, you're right. It doesn't matter. If that fat swine was behind this, I will get the honors to take his team. Yeah, keep this. What are you gonna do? I'll take care of it. I swear, my mother's grave. Hmm. All right, so there you go. Now, he Petrovich just hands it off and doesn't even care about it. It was obvious he knew what was going on. Um, now remember I did say that, uh, they had bodyguards, these guys did, um, Jonathan is no different, so he has bodyguards, they're actually following him around in his car. Now, again, Petrovich wants this place to be like Vegas, right? And that's basically what, why Jonathan is kind of, he's the good guy in this movie, and he's wondering what the hell why do people come and bet on the rollerball? So let me go ahead and play this clip for you. This, this is another sort of important clip. It kind of tells you a little bit about what's going on. Hey, Borge, is he still back there? Discreetly. And how is Mr. Jonathan tonight? You play good? 
Coming feels like we got the freeways to ourselves. We are not a rich country, so. Yeah, no shit. So why does everybody always bet their ass on the rollerball? We call it the Atlantic City Syndrome. Watch what you're saying. My apology, Jonathan. Our problem, not your problem. That's no worry, boy. Just you guys be good. To- All right, and he speeds away because he's trying to lose them because he's going back to the arena where he walks into the arena. He goes into the locker room, and for some reason, uh, Rebecca Romaine is doing curls topless. I don't know why. She has a very nice back. That's what's really all you see is her back and then her face. Um, But uh, that's it, really. That's all you see. I'm not quite sure why she's doing it, but she's in there doing curls topless. She walks out. She gives Jonathan a little look. And then she walks out, breaks the camera, and we see that they are involved. Next thing you know, they're all over each other. You do finally get to see Rebecca Romaine's... uh, remain topless in this movie. If you ever wanted to, you definitely can in this movie. Um, She's absolutely gorgeous as usual. And um, we see they are involved. And Jonathan asks her, you know, because they're, this is where they're meeting to do stuff like this. So they're not going to get caught. And um, she understands how dangerous Petrovich is. And Jonathan just seems like kind of naive. Matter of fact, she even calls him naive coming up right here. I'm going to go ahead and play this scene for you, too. Um, I got to be honest with you guys. I really didn't have I I didn't plan on doing this tonight. I didn't prep any scenes to play, but um, we're already good 40 minutes into the movie, about an hour left. So uh, we're doing well and we're going to keep rolling with this. And again, we're going back to the scene. They're basically lying there. The deed is done. Here we go. I think we could do this in a bed sometime. You know, with sheets and stuff. We've been through this. It should be our secret. Mm. How could I forget? It could be used against us. (laughs) Against me. You're untouchable. Come on, Aurora. You don't need to hide all the time. I don't. Yes, you do. You live in the dark, for Christ's sake. All right. So he thinks this is all about her scar. And it's really not about her scar. Um, It actually is about Toba and the helmet. Um, So we'll skip a little bit of what they're saying here. And uh, we'll go from right here. Toba's helmet was cut. I took it to Petrovich. And you think that does some good? He seemed pretty upset about it. I think he'll probably take it to the horrid owner. <sighs> you are so naive. Jonathan, they knew. They knew what? One of the TV guys put me onto this. Okay, so once again, she knows how evil these guys are and Petrovich himself. She understands what's going on. 
<laughs> like I said, she even calls the guy naive. <laughs> Excuse me. I just took a sip of water and it did not go down well. Excuse me for that. Um, so basically she knows how dangerous these guys are. He does not. Um, but basically at this point she's telling him, listen, I know it was set up. One of the TV guys put me on to what happened here. Um, and here we go. I'm going to go ahead and play that because this once again is a very important part. Kind of tells you that they do know exactly what's going on. And it does wake John up a little bit. Second caught up. Here, look. That's Toba getting hit. It's caught clearly on five cameras. So they were following the action. Yeah, but let me back the feeds up five seconds. She backs it up five seconds. Okay, now look. One camera follows the action, and four cameras follow a simple-minded boy at the other end of the track. They were called and told to get on him. Fifteen seconds before it happened. The horde did not make that happen, Jonathan. Not on their own. This TV guy, you know where to find him? Okay, so they decide to go try to find this guy. Um, but once again, he's kind of waking up, kind of understanding exactly what's going on, that, hey, look, this is not exactly you know, what I thought it was. This is this, this is definitely something wrong. Like she said, you get one camera following the action and four cameras are following Toba. Obviously, someone knew what was going to happen there. Um, so they do go try to find this TV guy. Um, they end up where basically... Um, Rebecca Romaine says, listen, this is a, a, a headquarters for the mine. There must be a protest going on. Next thing you know, they're running down the street. They're blowing up this dude's car. <laughs> they're blowing up his car. He's on the back of the motorcycle. They go try to find this TV guy. He gets jumped, and they uh, basically, right there, their TV guy is gone. They can't even find him. So there's another thing that's kind of waking John up. But his car is gone. Jonathan Cross's car is gone. Burnt, gone, definitely not coming back. And um, so like I said, they go up to the apartment. They look for Sergey. He's gone. Can't find him. His apartment is messed up. They get attacked. Um, Chris Klein kicks his ass. <laughs> Just... Hard to figure Oz from American Pie kicking someone's ass. He's such the good guy. But um, now remember, they're hiding their relationship, those two right there. Uh, Rebecca Romaine's character and uh, um, Chris Klein's character. So you got Jonathan Cross uh, hiding his his relationship with um, Aurora is what she's called. So you got Cross and Aurora. There we go. I'm trying to remind myself. So basically what happens is he goes back to the, she's already on the plane. He goes back to the plane and, uh, you know, he's unshaven. He looks rough. And again, bodyguards, these guys are kind of more all over. They're, they they know everything these guys are doing. Um, and he gets on the plane and uh, here we go. Jonathan, good morning. It's a beautiful day, huh? Yeah. And it was a long night, huh? I was, yeah. Party, the usual thing with the team. Mm-hmm. We found your car. Are you all right? Yeah. Yeah, I just had a little accident. I'm sorry to hear that. 
Sorokin. Did you follow me last night? I just found your car, that's all. Wouldn't want you to be without So there you go. Again, he's waking up seeing these guys are really, really watching him way more than uh, than he knew they were. Lose your bodyguards and everything. So he's talking to LL Cool J on the plane a little bit. Um, and, you know, they find out that he's that they he's telling them, listen, I think they're fucking with the game. I really think they are. But uh, basically, LL Cool J tells him, listen, we win. We play. We do what we do. And if it gets too crazy, we'll get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> if they can. Uh, we'll get to that in just a little while here. So. Now, they're flying in for another game right now. And once again, they, like he said, wouldn't want you to be without. They get him right back into a car, um, and he's going right away. So they're playing this game. Uh, the great cars these guys are getting. He's got a old Cobra. I think that's what that is. Awesome, awesome car. Um, but anyway, we can go ahead and... Uh, why don't we go ahead and hear a little bit of uh, Paul Heyman do his thing and announce a little bit here. An honor and a pleasure to be broadcasting to you this evening with a crowd pushing 50,000 in this beautiful desert city on the shores of the blue, blue. Heyman just saw what his waitress was dressed in and, uh, you know, got a little confused for a second there. So there they go. They're down there. They see this other team um, and they're ready to go out there. And ready to play, as usual. Um, and it's just, once again, it's a rough game. As usual, they're beating the hell out of people. I mean, they're punching people from the back. They're punching people in the face. And it all seems like it's legal. There's no nothing being called. It's just a very violent fucking game. Uh, we see pink right here. Um, even But, I mean, there was so many... Ca- uh, and here we go. This is the part right here where we see... Um, Shane McMahon. Now, once again, we got Gene Reno here, and he's talking to this. Um, maybe this reminded Shane of his dad a little bit. He's talking to an exec of a television station he's on, and he's not happy with the station that he's on. And here we go. What channel did you say you gave us in your territory? Uh, 109. 109. I see. One freaking 09. They do origami on Channel 6 of your silly hairball network. You ingrateful critics! And that's the first time we see Shane McMahon. He turns around right there like he's ready. He knows. He knows what's up. He can jump in if he needs to. Is I don't know if there's anything for him to jump off of, but here we go. I will kill you myself! I will disappear your whole family! Damn you people! You want to do business with us? We are on channels one through five. Got it! We literally pulled a gun and threatened this guy. And then him and Sanjay walk off laughing a little bit. But uh, literally pulls a gun, threatens this guy. And uh, basically he's like, oh, that's all cat and mouse bullshit. But um, so we're playing this game. They see their ratings are down. Down in the eights, actually. They're going from down a little more from seven to eight. <clears throat> back and forth. And uh, the VIP box is starting to get a little antsy 
Like, mm, these ratings aren't looking very good, not looking very good. So what do they do? They end up putting one person, uh, someone ends up loosening some screws in a, uh, it's it's almost set up like a hockey rink. They have the plexiglass set up. It's almost set up like NXT was when during COVID. Um, and one of the motorcycle riders goes right through the plexiglass and one of the players from the Red Horseman, which is the team that uh, Cross and everybody is on, is um, right there. Uh, you know, they're going, they went through the plexiglass too, and basically a huge brawl breaks out. But of course, what happens when the huge brawl breaks out? The ratings start going up. So once again, they're kind of, they kind of, both these guys are starting to figure out, they're putting their, uh, they're putting their team on the line in order for ratings, which ratings skyrocket. They're going up to 20. They're going all the way up right there. But um, here we go. Let's play this part right here where uh, basically they finally figure out what's going on. Um, so here we go. What are you, from Omaha or something? It was only a matter of time before one of these creeps realized that their take would go up as soon as they got a little blood on the track. What do you think, they sit around struggling with the morality of it? Shit. Sooner or later, they're going to kill somebody. See, that's what I'm talking about. Come on. I make more in the season here than I would 10 years doing people's taxes. They're not going to let anything happen to us. They need us. So just close your eyes and take the money, okay? Hey! Close your eyes and take the money. That's the advice he gets. Not great, quite sure, but... um. Oh, there you go. Christopher Kane in the chat wants to know why this slap is the most talked about thing today. I don't know. It's definitely the only thing going on on social media, it seems like. Like, the only thing going on on social media seems like the slap from last night. Um, I guess it was the only thing that made the Oscars worth watching because I don't really see anything else being talked about except Will Smith right after that being given the uh, Best Actor Award, which, uh, congratulations to him. Um, anyway, back to the movie real quick. We see Slipknot. Yes, this is Rollerball, Christopher Kane. This is the 2002 Rollerball I'm talking right now. A little over halfway through the movie. Right where we see Slipknot out there. Um, again, there were so many cameos in this movie. With, again, you had Paul Heyman, Shane McMahon, Slipknot. Pink was in this movie. Um, great soundtrack to this movie. But it just did not do well in the theaters. Like we said, budget of 70 only made 29 and a half mil. Um, that's not doing well at all. So with all this, though, this movie, all the kind of, I'm not heavy hitters, but all the names, you would figure it would have done better. But uh, we got Slipknot here in this little scene. They're just out there jamming and playing one of their songs. Um, and we get Chris Klein. Or Jonathan, uh, he's walking down, and um, this is where Rebecca Romaine tells him that uh, they found Sergey, the TV guy, with his throat cut and his lips sewn shut in the desert. So, obviously, they don't want anyone to hear what they're talking about, so him and LL Cool J go for the swerve. Aurora takes off. You don't look so good. What's going on? 
you see, you hit the pod ramp and jump, and then I cross under and go, and then you shot in the free throw, and then you do the 440, so I wasn't sure, but I think you scored the touchdown. Got it. Absolutely, I scored a touchdown and I went, okay? <laughs> Basically, they're getting the fuck out of there is what they're talking about because, you know, he gives them the eye right there. Um, but, yeah, they're getting the fuck out of there before anything else happens. Um, so they're out there. They got this other team they're going against. Weird little team, but uh, they're out there. Here we go. Um one more game, and of course, once again, it's the same thing happening. Ratings are down. Um, ratings are down. Gene Reno calls it in. He actually goes to Sanjay, and Sanjay even is like, I don't think we should, and he slaps him. He's like, I don't want, you know, actually here, I can play it right now. You should make some arrangements. Alex Simon. I don't want problems. I want solutions. Now that's a fucking slap. Even in a movie, that was a damn good slap. Anyway, Sanjay calls it in. They're starting to get things going. And this is where uh, we see Andrew, who I talked about before, um, in the beginning of the, of the show here. This is where we get to see him. And uh, again, the guy is a fucking beast of a man. <laughs> If you've seen him in the program or any given Sunday, he's just a fucking giant. Even in um, Higher Learning as Nako, he's just a fucking giant lifting weights in the movie. Um, but anyway, Sanjay says, listen, it's in the works. And uh, Andrew goes skating down, and uh, he goes down there. He, We get a little motorcycle race with the two teams, and Andrew just fucking, like, lariats aurora off her motorcycle like completely just takes her right off um even john is uh, jonathan is just like what the fuck was that about he pulls slices the gas line and lets her go so puts a little powder down boom fire starts and um that's a little bit visual but i guess we can play it why not? I'll kind of play it a little low. Here's what here's what I'll do. I'm gonna lower it down a little bit so I can talk over it. LL Cool J's on a motorcycle, sees Aurora, drops the powder, fire starts right now. And the fire's going towards her bike. LL Cool J pulls her off the bike. All right, I'll stop that now. He pulls her off the bike, but in the process, he ends up... Sorry about that, folks. He ends up going up and over the plexiglass and falls right into the crowd, hits the concrete hard, uh, and just, bang, he's out. So, you know, obviously their ratings go right back up because that's what they were trying to do, and that's obviously what they did. So... Um, and of course, what's the first thing? They get him into the the, the airplane, to or the, or the, the to the hospital. And the first thing he says once he's in there is, "Give me a second. We're out of here. We are out of here." So there you go. They're making planes to get the hell out of there. Now, right after that, 
at the hospital. We see Petrovich show up with his whole crew, his entourage. And uh, Petrovich is showing up here with all, like I said, all his guys um, are coming here. And actually, this is where you can see Scotty Tuhati in the background here. Um, you, you can kind of see him. Not 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 a lot, but you do see him in the background. Um, and we get... Uh, Petrovich is going to the hospital to see LL. Here we go. How are you? Feel like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> How is he, doctor? Hey, hey, I'm good. I'm good. He should be rested. I feel he fine. I can play. Hey, you sure about that? I feel fine. Are you up to it? Hey, it was after all just an accident, huh? You don't know how glad I am to hear you say that. Right, that's it. Come on, let's go. It was, after all, just an accident. So here we go. Now, he's going to continue, and he's going to talk to Jonathan Cross a little bit. You promised me you'd stop this. Dear God, your tone. How have I denied you? I have made you a rich man, an international star. I created a sport that you could thrive in. I have given you total freedom to do as you please, and even satellite TV, and ask for one thing, your trust. So, will both my studs be at practice tomorrow? Yes, sir. Excellent. Yes, sir. Horseman number one, baby. There you go. So, basically, um, one person is a little weary of what's happening here, and that's, of course, Petrovich. And he said, watch them. He said, they take a shit. I want to know what it smells like. Literally, that's how much he wanted them to be watched. That's, I would say that's, that's pretty closely watching. Um, and God forbid the shit doesn't smell like anything. I, I, what do you put? It smells like nothing. My God, it's horrible. I would hate to have to track this guy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there, obviously. Um, but anyway, they are going to be watched. So as we see, some more people are getting out of a van. We see Denny, <coughs> or Denikin, as they call him in the movie, is getting out of the van. And um, Rebecca Romaine is dressed up. Aurora is dressed up. She has face covering on, so you can't see her face, but her eyes give her away a little bit. But um, they go into the room, and um, ah, hell, I guess I'll just play it from right here. Let me hit play, and we'll go ahead from right when they open the door. The door is cold as hell. Please, the door. Hey, the door. Come on, come on, Danny. about our passports? Got the tries. She couldn't get them. She's afraid. I think they have something on her. You have to wing it. Get the cash from her place? Your apartment was being watched all the time. The players put this together. Denny hands him two rolls of... two rolls of cash. Thanks, Dad. Nearest border is Russia. You have two crossings here at the Russian border. Okay, so they're trying to get to the Russian border and make it to the American consulate is what they're going to try to do. Um, he finds out that Aurora can't go with them. She said, I've got family here. I, I can't put them in danger. Um, so he understands, obviously. So he goes, he does that. Um, so they're on their way out of there. Now, I got to be honest with you. There's not going to be a lot that I can play. This is going to really take us quickly through this part of the movie. 
um, because they're on a Harley and they're screaming at each other. I don't really want to put you guys through having to listen to that. So some of the stuff about to be played, we're not going to, there's still a few scenes left that can be played, but um, they're, they do get out of the room. Uh, they, you know, they, like I said, they sneak out, they get in and they start, they are on the run. Um, and, uh, they're on there and they're talking, they're like, you know, this is it, this is it, you know, I guess we can play this little part right here as they get out, um, of the hospital. Here we go. There's no way I'm going to die in this shithole of a country. No way. You left the rest of the team, Red. Hey, man, how many times are you going to have to get your head handed to you before you stop picking fights with people who are too big? This isn't some college coach you can just flick off. These are dangerous people, man. Look, John, she's safe. She's safe. See, it seems everyone knows how dangerous these guys are, except for old, naive Jonathan Cross here. And even when he gets it figured out, he's still trying to, like, make excuses almost for him. But anyway, we're going to continue a little bit, and uh, let's go. Nobody knew about you two. Okay. So this is when, from here, they see that they are being chased. Somebody is behind them, and they are on a fucking dark road, so only one person could be chasing them. And it's their own bodyguards chasing them down, so they're not too happy about that. But uh, they're being chased down by these guys. They're being shot at and everything. So they go off off course, kind of off-road. Um, and at one point, like I said, they're you know these guys are trying to knock them off the road. And at one point, they just jump in the back. They jump on the Harley and go right out the back door. Kind of a cool little move. Um so now they're on a Harley, and they are going fast. They're basically going through the desert. We find out he's doing about 120 miles an hour on dirt on a Harley. It's not very smart. Harley is not made for dirt at all, especially not sand. Uh, you hit one thing wrong, you're fucked. So he's cruising down. That's one thing. But again, I'm not going to play any of this. They're sitting there on the Harley. But they do see something else chasing them down. They're doing 120 miles an hour, don't forget. And they, this thing is gaining on them like they're standing still. They don't know what the fuck is chasing them. It's a fucking plane. They are being chased by a fucking plane. Um, that'd be scary as shit right there. So the plane is chasing them. Um, and they, you know, the guys get out, they're in these crazy buggy vehicles. Um, so finally you get Ridley and Jonathan, they're heading down this hill. They go down this steep hill and they end up crashing at one point. All right. Now they're very close to the border, like super close to the border. The bike crashes, um, and that you know so basically you got hold on here i'm going to go back just a little bit here where we get them falling off the bike because basically what happens is jonathan is telling ridley listen man you got kids you got to go 
you know, you're the one that needs to try to make it down there. Um, so obviously he does make it down there. Um, but not before I'm trying to get to that part. I don't know why I can't find that exact. Oh, there we go. Run down there just a little more. Sorry, I keep missing this one part, but it's just like not there. But I mean, they're shooting at these guys, not even head. See, listen. So it's both of them on the motorcycle right now. They're shooting them. They do end up crashing at one point, like I said. And here we go. Oh, and by the way, at this point, there's a drawbridge and they raise the drawbridge. Here we go. At the border. We can make it. Won't work, not double. Then you go. Don't get saintly on me, Ridley. Look, I got you into this. Your you kids. Go. go home. Ridley, I'll be fine, I promise. No! Get to the American consulate on the other side. They'll have me on a plane first thing in the morning. Go! Get out of here, go! You better make it. Serokin. Okay, so at this point, Serokin points a giant gun um, down there at these guys. It looks like a 50 cal. And Ridley goes, and he goes. And Gene Reno is such an evil son of a bitch. What's the first thing he does? Let's see if he makes this jump. He does. Ridley does make the jump. And right after he makes the jump, next thing you know, boom. Bike gets shot. Ridley is dead. So Cross's best friend, LL Cool J, is gone. He's uh, no longer in this movie. Um, and literally, Cross is just sitting there, and he saw his friend die mere feet from the border. So he was almost there. Um, and, of course, what does he do? He just goes ahead and waits. <clears throat> waits. He knows he's caught. There's nothing he can do. But um, here's a little talk he has with Gene Reno, and here we go. Did you, did you really think I could let you pull a stunt like that, even if I wanted to, in front of them? How could you do that to me? How could you be so thoughtless? All right, we start again. I'll give you a bonus of $100,000 US payable, however, you play through the championship. Play till the goddamn cable deal closes. Then you may go where you wish. I'll even give you a retirement game. Go fuck yourself. Okay, so literally here, he's about to throw this man out the plane. That's exactly what we're hearing, and you hear my daughter over there. He's about to throw this man out of the plane. So, okay, Sanjay calms everything down, and um, they land, and everything's cool. So Sanjay decides to go over and speak to Jonathan, and here we go with that. Oh, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. What are we going to do with you, eh? In the old regime, Petrovich was about the official rank in Spetnaz before the age of 30. KGB colonels used to cross the street when they saw him come. 
Now they all line up to grovel in the dust. Would you like a drink of water? No. You obviously don't care anything for yourself, but have you thought about the girl? Oh, dear boy, you don't imagine you have any secrets, do you? Why do you think she's still alive? Because Petrovich needs you, and he'll give you just about anything you want, including the life of that young lady, if you play your cards right. You have an opportunity here. You might call it the opportunity of a lifetime. Okay, so what uh, Sanjay is selling, basically, is, okay, this is an opportunity for you to make some money. Make him an offer. I mean, you know, this is a real, real... This could be win-win for everybody here, is basically what he's telling um, Jonathan here. So that kind of a... Obviously, he's given him a line of bullshit. He knows more of... Uh, he knows really what's going to happen. So here we go once again. Now, Jonathan decides to go talk to Petrovich. Petrovich gives a decent speech here, actually. Believe it or not, I actually like the speech he gives. Um, but here we go. Let's go ahead with it. Standing outside the you mines. see, you have Genny over there, so full of himself now. He used to work in the past office. I introduced him to the proper financing, and now he owns the mines. Yeah, making a fortune. Keeps the miners in line. Good business. Good business. You might wonder why I'm not in it myself. I don't need to own the mines, Jonathan. You know why? Because I own the man who owns the mines. All he has, I have. Same with the supermarkets, TV station, locomotive plant. I now, I know he's an evil guy, but it actually makes sense what he just said. I don't need to own the mines when I own the man who owns the mines. Kind of a, kind of, it's kind of a deep saying from a very evil man, but uh, obviously only in the movie. But um, it's it's well written, and it's it was I just always thought it was kind of a cool line, and I'll play the rest of this. I don't need a political position because I own the men who do. We learn to separate ourselves from humanity, like you, Jonathan. Separate yourself from your teammates. You can keep your 100K. But I do like the view from up here. And I want more. I want ownership. Part of the media rights, the gambling revenues, the works. Jonathan, are you fooling with me? Come on, Alexi, we both want the same thing here, don't we? Good. Very good. Let's see how I can take you back home. You've got a big night ahead of you. Okay. So we got that part there. Obviously, once again, you've got him. He threw out the offer. Um, but he's... 
pretty much woken up at this point. I guess after seeing your friend get killed, you would hope that he's not as a little naive prick as he was a little while ago. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and run a little bit more because after that little speech where he throws that offer out there, Petrovich kind of agrees. He talks about Aurora. Now, he obviously we know from Sanjay that they do know about him in Aurora. He had no secrets. Like I said, they were definitely definitely watching him a lot more than he thought they were. And uh, this is what he does to try to kind of save Aurora. What? Aurora's kind of bugging me. You know, getting way too serious. I hate that too. Women. Yeah. I want her out of my life. Do me a favor and trade her. No problem. People disappear all the time. No, traitor, Alexi. Just traitor. I like the lady. I don't want her disappeared. I just <laughs> want her gone. Okay? All right. I'll do that. This guy asks her, he's like, look, I just want her traded. I don't want her killed. Let's take it easy here, my man. Calm down. Calm down. So, all right. So there's that part right there. And then, of course, like I said, he's trying to save Aurora by getting her traded. So, now... Sanjay comes over after Petrovich tells him to play well and gives him a look uh, to Jonathan. And Jonathan knew what that look was about. Sanjay comes over, and uh, I'm going to play this one too. We're almost done here, folks. I've got uh, not much longer left, and trust me, there's another part that's a lot of yelling, screaming, action, and not really much talking. So here we go. Gave me a lot of shit about wanting to become a partner. Just cover to get the girl out. Did you give him that? Uh, I thought it was too subtle for him. So, the first chance he gets, he'll bolt. Shit! I'm this close to a North American cattle deal! Well, maybe there is one thing we can do to turn this to a profit. You did promise him a retirement game, after all. <laughs> Sanjay, you are a rat. But you are my rat and I love you. Go ahead. Trade the girl. Trade the girl to the horde. But we're playing them tonight. He wants a gun. Life is full of little disappointments. Make sure they get the number on her. Okay, so he tells it a traitor to the team they're playing tonight. And to also put a number on her. Get a number tattooed on her eye. Like I said, right under the left eye is where they get those tattoos of their numbers. And uh, that means they are marked and official. So there you go. But um, now, so what we do after that, we go and the game is basically starting right here. Um, you get uh, everybody walking in. Music's playing. All the guys are sitting down to their little tables and... You know, all the announcers are getting ready. Paul Heyman is getting ready. Now, what they do, and I remember there's some definite things going on here. And um, once again, the production truck already knows something's about to happen. They're being told. So as we're walking in, we see a bunch of guys walking down to the locker room with um, a bag in their hand. 
And right before that, though, the media crew gets a hold. They see Jonathan walking in the building. And uh, first question they ask is uh, not a good one. Here we go. Jonathan, we heard you in a rock climbing accident. Are you all right? <laughs> yeah. You know me, I'm hard to hurt. Where's Ridley? You guys are always together. So there you go. Obviously, they're going to, they, I believe they said Ridley had malaria. And that was why he couldn't play. I think that's what uh, Paul Heyman will say. But uh, he goes in the locker room and everyone's got a very concerned look on their face. Like they know something's going to happen tonight too. Even on his own team. Um, and they get the guys walking in. Of course, one of the bodyguards walks in to uh, watch Jonathan like a hawk. And again, the team is looking at him. One of the girls walking out just tells him to, you know, be careful. Watch your back. You know, something's going to happen. Um, so he knows something's going to happen. Uh, the crowd is loving it. You get Petrovich down there. He's got all these people coming in, all these big guys. And yes, malaria is exactly what uh, they said that Ridley had um, in this movie. So now they're all telling Jonathan, don't go out there. Don't go out there. Um, so here we go. Matter of fact. Ridley's in the sick, is he? Don't get in this, Denny. Stay out of it. You shouldn't go out there. I've got to. That's how I got him to send Aurora away. He made it real clear. Where are they sending her? What do I care? Just as long as it's away from here. What makes you think you can trust them? I don't have a choice. You can't help me, Denny. So there you go. Um, everyone's telling him don't go out there. Now, they go into the Horde locker room. Once again, Aurora's been traded over there. She, They did get a number put on her face. Um, so she does have a number on there. And she sees that they have this kind of... Uh, Remember I said they can use these like metal lacrosse sticks. Um, they're using one except this one is sharpened and she notices what they're looking at. Well, she gets interrupted and told to, you know, get out there. We're ready to go play. But she sees it. So she knows something is definitely going to happen. And she also sees that a lot of these guys that were traded to this team, she's seen before and they're kind of thugs that have been causing some of this shit going down. So she's already worried. Um, and uh, Jonathan finally does see that she's on that team. And he definitely looks a little concerned. Um, because he didn't know, obviously. He just wanted her out. But uh, Jonathan comes down. And um, it, it, obviously not a very happy camper. But uh, there's some last-minute rule changes. And Paul Heyman will uh, give us a little bit of a rundown. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's this? You understand that? Last minute rule changes. Okay, now they're giving him a message, all right? The coach for his team is giving him a message. The message is, play well, and she'll be on the Horde team playing tonight. Or, of course, there's always going to be another one. Um... 
this is where he finds out she's there. I forgot. It took a minute. I'm sorry. I messed up. But um, here we go. Here is the special announcement and the rule changes. Let's do this. Special announcement. As you all know, at the last owner's meeting in Odessa, certain rule changes were proposed and adopted. In the final elimination round, normal rules and penalties are to be suspended. What are they doing? The game will be played with no fouls called and no penalties. What is this shit? There's no such rule. And this guy from the Horde said they're going to kill someone. So everyone seems to know something is up. And now it's like fucking, it's no holds barred. And I mean, this game was violent before with hardly any rules. Imagine it with nothing, no rules at all. Um, and Aurora knows that something's going to happen too. Um, but they all know it's going to be no rules. It's going to be a fucking definite, definite tough game to play. Um, but one of the things Heyman asks once again is, uh, you know, everyone's worried. And here we go. You ever see thugs like that on the bench before? This will make us, my friend. This will make us. Do you have the pictures and the resumes on the replacements? So he's already looking for replacements because he knows what's going to happen too. Petrovich does. Uh, the game starts and it starts out fucking rough right in the beginning. Um, I mean, absolutely just rough as hell. Um, they're throwing each other like they usually don't do, but they do end up scoring one. Um, and then it starts getting a little rougher and a little rougher. But Aurora goes to... Now, they're literally shooting these guys up with roids right there in the fucking pit. Pretty crazy. But um, Aurora wants to warn Jonathan, so she grabs a motorcycle, gets on it, takes him down... And says, you need to get off the fucking out of the out of here. They are going to kill you. And uh, he says, listen, just forget about it. Don't get off the track. Well, guess what? They tie up Aurora. Her own team decides to tie her up. So she is tied up now. She can't do anything. She's got one of the guards feet on her face, basically. And they are starting to beat up on John. Jonathan right now they're throwing him around a little bit um he sees the cameras come at him he sees him focusing he looks around and he immediately he knows to duck not only did he duck but he had the armadillo on the spine protector and the team knows he knew what was going on now they still kind of fuck him up they start cutting up his face a little bit and uh they're fucking him up pretty bad here and, you know, finally at one point they do, I mean, they're trying to kill him. They're literally trying to take his head off. Um, so he's in there and he gets the best of them, of course, because, you know, it's an action movie and that's just what's going to happen. So he starts taking them out, right? Well, this is when old, big old Andrew starts getting involved. But, um, you know, he starts, Jonathan takes out a few good ones, but he points at Petrovich like I'm going to come get you um, and Petrovich sees him get taken out by uh, Andrew and he is fucked up his team is literally trying to drag him away from the other team and basically 
you know, they take out one of the other girls. They kill one of the team members. Um, Heyman's up there like, what in the hell are they doing? But they literally kill one of the other team members on uh, Cross's team. It's just a fucking absolute crazy, crazy game. And this is a crazy part to be watching. But they just take him. Like I said, they kill one of the, one of the team members. Um, and Cross just tells everybody, get off the track. Let me handle this. Let me handle this. I got this. And basically he starts fighting Andrew. I forget the the the, the character he plays in this movie, but uh, he starts fighting him and it's just a bloody mess. He's getting hit. He's getting the whole team coming at him. And you can just kind of hear the tension and everybody and even one of the horde end up quitting saying, fuck you, I'm not going back out there. But the rest of the team is still beating up on Jonathan and killing him. Now, right now, we get a little... We're starting to get looks from the team because they see what's going on. And basically, you're about to see an uprising happen. Um, and they're all looking around like, you know, we we could take these guys. Sanjay's telling them, cut the satellite feed. We're the People are dying here. We don't need to do this. I mean, they were going to kill someone anyway. I don't know why he's so worried about it. But um, he's telling them to cut the satellite feed. And once again, Jonathan is fucked up. Uh, the satellite feed did go down, which people are pissed off about that. But they are literally killing, slowly killing Jonathan out there. And the Denny gets up there and starts yelling here. He says, don't you see they're killing him? For the ratings. So security pulls him down and they end up shooting him. Security ends up shooting him because he won't stop screaming. Um, so they kill Denny. Denny's dead here. And, uh, you know, another team member gone. Um... And at this point, they walk up to the same guy Denny was um, talking to, the uh, gypsy brother in the bar. They walk up to him and they tell him, hey, sit down. And he goes, uh-uh. Open your eyes, fool. The world's about to blow. He said, screw you. You don't control us anymore. Jonathan. 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 They start chanting his name. So everyone is with them now. Everyone is with Jonathan. The crowd's getting behind him. They show in slow-mo, he's just like, come on, keep kicking my ass. He's got his helmet off at this point, and he is throwing down with the big man, Andrew. The big wigs start to leave. Paul Heyman is starting to get excited, and <laughs> Jonathan finally takes out the big guy, and he grabs the rollerball, and he starts skating. He sees one of the other team that was trying to take him out, and the dude just... Goes, dude, you're 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 beat up enough. Go ahead, do what you gotta do. So 
he goes and he's skating around the track. He's going around the track and he puts the rollerball right through the plexiglass and he hits Gene Reno. Knocks Petrovich down. Uh, and Petrovich's guards, they're shocked as hell. They don't know what to do. Petrovich runs downstairs. Jonathan gets up and beats the shit out of the guards. Because remember, Jonathan's some sort of badass. This is an action movie. Suddenly, he's Jason fucking Bourne. Um, so he's taken out the all the guards. And he goes down. Petrovich has a shotgun. And he's looking for the bullets. He can't find the, well. He, first of all, he can't find the keys to unlock the shotguns from the case they're in. And he he's looking, he's looking. He finally gets a bullet, decides to break the shotgun. Jonathan has a table in his hands. He puts it up to block the shotgun blast. And he ends up killing Gene Reno anyway. Um you know because that's you know so easy for people to do just you know he ends up killing the guy and as he's doing this the rest of the teams both teams that are still good are rising up and taking out the guards they're taking out everybody it literally is a fucking revolution that you're watching in this movie a rollerball revolution if you will um so we get to see that and so as that's happening but Cross is kicking, they just kicking his ass. Aurora finally is let go because one of their team takes out the guard. Now that we had this uh, foot on her face, and like I said, it's just a fucking revolution. Everyone is just taking their fucking everything back, and uh, we get Sanjay down there. And remember, Petrovich couldn't find the keys, but here we go. Bravo, jolly good show and all that. I wonder what he was looking for. These, probably. Yeah, they are. Well, young Jonathan, you've done marvelously well. But one of the basic rules in this sort of thing is that you must never kill a tyrant unless you made an arrangement with his successor. You do see what I mean, don't you? Yeah. Means I'm not done yet. Grab Boom. Takes out Sanjay too. Now it looks like I am I lost my internet connection, it looks like. It should reconnect itself in a second. I don't know if y'all can still hear me, but it is still recording. Looks like I did get my internet back. I don't know if you guys can hear me. But um right after Jonathan takes out Sanjay. Once again, the revolution is happening out there. Both teams are just kicking all the officials' asses, the bodyguards they're taking out. Pretty much anyone that was fucking with them or being dicks, they are taking out. Uh, Aurora goes down and finds John, Jonathan down there on the ground. Um, sees that he was peppered a little bit. And Jonathan just basically, you know, people are looking up to him and he has to ask, you know, what, what, what's happening? And here we go. What are they doing? You stood up to let the monsters that run their lives. And they saw you do it. Little Rob Zombie. Where are we headed? 
to a doctor to start with. And then if you're able, I thought I might take you home to my bed. There you go. And folks, that is the movie. Now, let's go back to what I was saying Oh, pretty much in the beginning. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how wonderful and great, awesome this movie was. But it is definitely a fun movie to watch. Like I said, I, I've i said before, I'm a fan of a lot of bad movies. Um, this is one of my guilty pleasure bad movies I like to watch. Um, my wife will like that I finally reviewed it because I tend to not watch a movie as much after I review it. So she'll be happy not to watch this movie again but um again i'm not gonna it's it's not this great masterpiece of a movie it is a good action movie it is a fun movie um and you're welcome to check out the original 1975 version with james Caan. james Caan is a badass in every movie he's done he plays a badass in this film too um, but this 2002 uh, version i didn't think it was bad like i said it Pretty decent movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun movie to watch. I've watched it many times. But, um, you know, definitely if you guys want to check it out, it is on... Oh, what was I watching Rollerball on? It's either it's on Hulu, I believe. It's either on Hulu or Netflix. If you've got w- one of those, check it out. It's on one of those if you want to check out this 2002 version. So on that note, I am going to let my kids get in here so they can get to bed. It is right about their bedtime. I did this show in perfect, perfect timing. So I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go ahead and knock out plugs real quick, and then I'm going to get on out of here. I thank everybody for joining me. I definitely appreciate it. Anyone downloading the show, I definitely appreciate that too. Downloads have been pretty pretty well. Um, wish I could get a little more going on YouTube, but uh, I will get that going as, as I... Uh, keep going through this a little bit still haven't decided on saturday if i'm gonna go on saturday night with wrestlemania going on like i said i may go on late and do a music one let me think about it i'll let y'all know wednesday night on dirt sheet dudes which you can find right here mixer.com slash dirt sheet dudes right around 10 15 p.m eastern time wednesday night don't forget to check us out right after AEW. And of course, that's the High Marks and the Cheese Man and G-Wiz. That's right. Cheese Man Mojo G-Wiz on the High Marks. Definitely should be checking those guys out right there. Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt Podcast Network. Definitely be checking those guys out. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday nights. So, you should have been listening last night. If you weren't, go to YouTube, check them out. And, of course, Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blaze, they're the Inhumans. They're on the Inhuman Experience, and you should already be subscribed on whatever platform you download your podcast from. And speaking of downloading podcasts, you should be listening to Eric and Doug and Daniel on the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. That's right, everything unscripted podcast. EUP Network over there on Block Talk Radio. Go check them out. And Steve Milan, definitely appreciate him sharing the show. Go check him out over there. Reviewing films, letterboxd, boxd.com slash Stephen Milan. And uh, once again, check out me and Smark Wednesday nights. Um, I'll let you know Wednesday all about if I'm going to do a show or if I'm going to do a music show. I'll see what time. I just got a feeling WrestleMania is going to go long. So 
we'll see what happens there. But uh, once again, everybody, I really appreciate you uh, coming on in and uh, listening, and uh, especially for a Monday night. So thank you, and I will definitely see you all next time. See you.